0: Hello and welcome to the Coon Hunting University podcast. This is your host, Tyler Duncan, and like always, class is in session. Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. Find out more at ConkeysOutdoors.com and Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code C H U Podcast at checkout and receive five percent off on NightHunters dot com. Oh, we got a story for y'all today. So, me and Mister Eddie Simmons made the trip up to Adamsville, Tennessee, and did an interview with Mister Barry Kitty, Mister Billy Bale, Mister Mike Ferguson, also known as Fergie. So, this is going to be a three part series just because it was a three-hour interview, and I really didn't have to edit much out, because these guys, we just sat back and let them go, and they told the story. You are going to hear some stuff that you've never heard before about the Wipeout line of dogs. I'm not even going to lie. It is just, it blew me away. So on this first part, you're going to hear about Candy and Zeb. And then on the second part, you're going to hear about Koi and Moose. And then the third part is going to be about zeb again zeb three and they're going to talk more about mr ronnie nickens and coma and tell some good stories throughout this and it is just awesome it really is and it's just they just get better to me you know i mean I've, I've listened to all of them of course i did the editing but they just it gets better as you go for you know it's just it's great it really is it's hard to get better but it really it just it does i'm excited about this and I think everybody's going to really, really enjoy it. And I, I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Barry Kitty. Thank you so much for opening up your home to us and allowing us to come up in there and do this interview. He has a beautiful place there in Tennessee, and he's hunting to wipe out dog steel. You know, he's got wipe out uh, Colt forty five, And, and of course, I, I have to shout-out Mr. Billy Bale and Mr. Eddie Simmons for making this happen because if it wasn't for those two individuals, I don't believe I'd have got Mr. Mike and Mr. Barry to sit down with us. So. I have to just, I mean, they set this up. I didn't, you know, uh, they were at the Black IP P Classic, and Mr. Eddie texted me and said, how would you like to do an interview with Billy Bale?" I said, man, I mean, I would love it, you know. Then the next day he texted me and said, well, how would you like to just go up to Adamsville and let's just do an interview with all of them? I said, man, that would be great. And lo and behold, they made it happen, and I can't thank them enough. I thank Mr. Mike for even sitting down with us and doing it. I know a lot of people on Facebook ask me about Mr. Clay Young, Mr. Tam Young. Mr. Clay Young was at work while we were doing this interview, but if he's listening to this, which I'm sure he is, me and Mr. Eddie, we're we're coming for you. All right? We're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna do you and Mr. Tam if we can. If if the stars align and it's able to work out, we would love to. And hey, if the listeners want to hear that one too, let us know because. I mean, for as many people that said they were as excited about this interview, there was just as many people that said, you should have done Mr. Clay and Mr. Tam while you were up there. And I mean, but it, we couldn't make it happen because Mr. Clay was at work and we really want to get it done. It, hopefully, we'll get that done eventually. And, of course, Billy Bell's still hunting a dog with Wipeout in him, Shifter. And Mr. Mike Ferguson, he's still hunting some of the original lines, you know, that go directly back to Moose. So it's really cool to see that these guys are still hunting This line of dogs. And I think that that shows a lot about it. And don't forget, we have our 2020 Mississippi PKC Youth Hunt will be March 5th. So make sure you mark your calendars and come on down. It's a full day of fun for the kids, like we've said in the previous podcast. If you want to find out more information, uh, check out the Facebook page for it. I want to tell you about another youth hunt that's going on Saturday, February 26, 2022, in Laurel, Mississippi. This is going to be a $30 entry youth hunt double header. It's a one-hour cast, must split. All cast winners receive $100. And if you're planning on bringing your kid to the Mississippi State Youth Hunt and you're in the area, I think that this hunt would be a great opportunity to introduce them into hunting, you know, in a controlled environment with other youth handlers. And this is the weekend before the Mississippi State Youth Hunt. It'll be February 26th. And you can contact Mr. Mark Sumrall, or you can visit ProHound.com for more information. So without further ado, I'm going to quit yapping. Here's the Wipeout story. Y'all sit back and enjoy. So we're down here in Adamsville, Tennessee. Me and Mr. Eddie Simmons drove up here to interview Mr. Barry Kitty, Mr. Billy Bell, and Mr. Mike Ferguson. So I'm going to ask each of you to kind of give a little background on yourself and just tell a little bit about yourself and start whoever wants to.
1: Well, I'm Barry Kitty. I am 60 years old, as I hate to say that. Sounds like an old man. Uh, I own a termite business, been in the termite business 42 years, and been in the uh, business for myself for 33 years. Started a crawlspace company three years ago to go along with that. Uh, married Tanya Kitty. I got four children, Brian, Colton, Michaela, and Braden. Been coon hunting ever since I was probably 12, 13 years old. I always had a squirrel dog. All I've ever known is just work and work and hunting.
2: I'm Mike Ferguson. I've lived here in McNair County all my life. Coon hunting since I was 13 years old. I'm married with my wife Melanie. We've got a daughter who's 21 years old. Takes a lot of my time up, up till now. Now she's gone most of the time. But I've been hunting everything all my life. I've been working for Barry since about 1991. I guess what we're going to talk about today is a lot of the wipeout dogs, and that's one of the reason that I think they've come as far as they have because of the time and effort that we've put in on the last 30 years. There's lots of good dogs out there, lots of great breeders, but it seems to me like when they changed the super stakes to where people could breed to their own dogs and super stake the litter it seemed like it took away from the stud dogs and people kind of got away from going and breeding when i first started hunting there was you know just certain stocks of dogs there's lipper dogs there's sackett dogs, dogs and, and finley river dogs and stuff like that and you know you could you kind of pick out a stud dog, but what they was throwing back in those days and everybody would go breed to the world champ, this and that. And now they, they've they kind of just bred to the, their own dogs and it's kind of filtered it down to where there's there's nothing but the same thing out there. And the Wipeout Dogs is, you know, they've, they've stood the test of time. Uh, everybody that's had one, they liked it if they liked it they bred that way and that's the way we did and the females that that i bred over the years uh had a lot to contribute with it but we never would have had the had the had the dogs that we had if it hadn't been for the effort that several people down here billy bell and barry and everybody it's just been a long process and the dogs is reproduced. The females we used to breed was always bred to a great dog. You might not get a great pup. That was my theory. But sooner or later, I think the great pup was going to come out, whether it was a grand pup or a great-grand pup. I could go on and on and on about it, but I'll let Billy tell his where his history and stuff goes on it. I'm Billy Bell
3: I kind of grew up in a coon hunting family Uh, my dad that's all he that was his only hobby was coon hunt and so when my brother come around Avery first he was nine years older so him and dad kind of got started and I come along nine years later and and, uh, you know me thinking about it, we, <clears throat> my mom had to hear a lot of coon hunting talk sitting around uh, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's that's uh, a lot of conversation that went into talking about dogs. I'm I'm married now. I'm 43. Be 44 here in a few months. Um, I've lived in Parsons, Tennessee, my whole life. Uh, work at a utility district. Then um, got two girls uh aubrey and mia and they they taking taken up all my time now i don't get to pleasure hunt like i used to but uh still go to a few competition hunts and uh enjoy that i always have enjoyed the uh competitiveness of, of the hunts that's about it i guess we'll start talking about the wipeout dogs it's kind of why we're here
0: I thought we was gonna talk about kitty pest control. for
3: a
1: little bit, huh? We we can. Uh, anybody listening can get ten dollars off.
0: <laughs> He's sliding me five. I don't know. Uh, no, but so let's talk about maybe before the wipeout dogs. Were y'all were y'all together before the wipeout dogs? Well, or did that bring y'all together?
1: No. Uh, I knew uh, I knew Mike. I don't know uh, how much longer. Let's see. Um, Bri- Brian was thirty-eight. I mean, he's thirty-eight years old. So I probably forty years, probably. Uh, and I moved over there close to where Mike lives. So uh, he was coon hunting with some some older guys there, and I was I was into coon hunting a little bit, and I just. Man, he was he was younger than me, but when he'd get off at school bus, he was he was ringing my my phone, you know. And uh, so uh, that was my first wife. She'd say, "That's Mike, that's Mike on the phone. He's wanting to go hunting again." And <laughs> and it was just, I mean, it was every night. We we just become friends and and buddies before the wipeout ever started. You know, we we try to we didn't have no bought dogs or nothing. We I mean, you might give a hundred dollars I, I give six hundred dollars for the best dog i'd ever had at that time little river mike but you know that really uh that's how we all got together i mean i got to i always had a squirrel dog my dad always kept a good squirrel dog and we had beagles we had bird dogs but i always had a really good squirrel dog and it, it, but a, a boy on the school bus gave my sister a red bone pup that's that's really what got me interested in it. So she didn't. She wanted the pup, but she didn't hunt. So I, we got to coon hunting a little bit. Or it would tree a possum. It would tree a squirrel. So we bred. Uh, it got, she got about two year old. and We bred her, and then next thing you know, we had a litter of pups. Well, two or three of them were black and tans, and we we bred her to a, a son of woodpecker. You know, uh, we thought we was going to get something good, but the daddy wasn't no good. And evidently, I I hunted them pups for two or three years. I mean, a lot. Not one coon did they ever tree. That's what you call a a dedicated coon hunter. You go two or three years and you never tree a coon.
0: I don't even know if you consider a coon hunter at that point, are you? (laughs) (laughs) The
1: The mother died right after she had the pups. She got run over and then... So I didn't have nothing, you know. I thought I'm gonna train them, and I named them just what they—white, no, shorty, floppy—that uh, was their names, you know. <laughs> uh, but none of them was any good, and then, so anyway, and I got moved over there where Mike was. We got to hunting, and and uh, we just built a friendship, and then you know eventually come to the to the wipeout dogs. He had the mother of uh, moose and we bred Zeb and that's, that's on down the story.
0: So y'all got anything else y'all want to talk about prior to getting into the wipeout store? Is there anything we need to know before we start? Well, Billy,
1: Billy, <laughs> he was just young. But like I said, his dad, there was a, we had a mutual friend, Lawrence Pettigrew. That was, uh, his dad was a mutual friend. Uh, you know, Lawrence, and Bill Bell was like brothers when it come to it, uh, you know. Which Bill furnished the money part, Lawrence just did the other. But they, uh, <laughs> Lawrence could would keep a good dog. Bill believed in Lawrence, and so Billy would come down, Avery would come down, honey. With Avery way forward, did Billy, and then. But uh, so Billy would come and spend the night with me. We'd go hunting, even when I had old Zeb. When when old Zeb was a puppy, like. Ten months old, Bill, Bill, and me, and him, and Lawrence, we all went hunting that night, and and uh, Zeb treated coon, I think, and Billy wanted to buy half of that pup. Now, how old was you? Uh, you wasn't very old.
3: Well, if we back up, uh, this is what uh, you know. If we, I was wanting to start kind of with candy until yeah. until it, and oh yeah, and, and I and I can go where Barry is, is thinking. Yeah, it, it did start with candy because I loaned him candy. We I, the first. Youth hunt. Now, this was back when you took the top sixteen youth kids went to the youth world. You had to win a regional hunt, and they was uh, one at Lexington. And uh, Dad knew Candy was a good dog. Hearing Lawrence talk about her, and uh, Clay had come in from a boat, and they run her hard that one month. Now, this was back when in Coma's time, me and Dollar Gen Rummy, that Bill Goodrum and Darren Martin owned. And you had Candy owned by, it. well, Barry owned her and Clay hunted her, especially when he was off the boat. And um, so they'd been winning quite a bit with her and, you know, knew she was a good hound, knew she could compete at high level. At the time, we didn't have nothing as good as for competition hunting. I think Dad had mainly pleasure dogs, most, most of them. But anyway, so this youth hunt was coming on and, and – a few nights before, me and Dad drove to uh, Lawrence's and met. I think Fergie was even there, and and we even we went hunting that night, so I could hear her. And it it went long when you when you turned Candy loose, you was gonna hear her. She was pretty easy to call. Had a straight chopped mouth, chopped on a track, chopped on a tree. You know, you just had to listen for her to to come up basically from. And so I heard her one night. This to say. And the next night, I occurred to Lexington at the youth hunt won it all that night. Yeah, you had went
1: two back-to-back. Yeah. One- Kids had to go out, hunt two hours, go back, hunt two hours <laughs> Yeah, with non-hunting judges. And, you know, I remember you winning that. And then
3: I think Bill wanted to partner... well yeah uh, barry had been hunting with lawrence a lot and, and we had sent blue this blue dog that i had called glass Eye blue mr eddie remember him real really well um but anyway um so yeah barry had hunted with blue and maybe come to dad or dad come to barry i can't remember how it was exactly but they decided to partner in the two dogs and um that's after i'd won with candy and locked her and uh but Barry had already had bred uh, Candy to Coma. I think Mike and Barry went down to, to Nickens and made that happen. But I remember seeing them when they was baby pups. And um, I know I'm going to sound crazy saying this, but when I first seen Zeb, I mean, he was just a little bitty pup. Uh, and I seen the whole, litter. she had a big litter. I can't remember. Eleven. She had a level. Eleven in that litter. And I think Barry kept, Three the best I can remember I kept I kept him and Trudy, and was,
1: one one more you kept for a little while and then so well, there was this three males, I think Randy
3: jacod and and Fargo Guthrie and them had the other male white boy or something like yeah. him, but anyway we uh so i'm 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 looking at mm-hmm. him as a pup, and it's like they were looking at the whole litter, and it's like I don't know the way I seen it I could see like a light shining on ozel, you know, just look he he just stood out in my mind, you know it's just like there's the golden goose and i was a young kid and i was wanting a a pup bad to to fool with but my dad never would never let me have one because he thought i'd get tired of it and just you know he'd have to deal with it and he because barry can tell you when when dad looked for a dog he'd call lawrence or he called me men he trust and and put the word out he was wanting to buy one but if if I said five, six, seven, eight year old, that didn't turn off my dad. He was that was no six year old finished female.
1: Female, that's right. That's, that's what he wanted. That's Nothing to fight. He wants something in boys could carry to a hunt and is going to
3: be safe with it. So the story Barry was starting to tell a while ago, it was in '94 because I remember we had the the worst ice storm at that time that I can ever remember. Uh, everything was froze up here. Me and Clay and Barry drove to Ozark, Alabama to a pro hunt. And um on the way back from my pro hunt, I'd mentioned Barry about I said, Will you sell half a Zeb and at, at this time he was probably I don't know, seven or eight months old, nine maybe.
2: Yeah, he was born in ninety three.
3: Yeah. So he Mars, uh, this, this would have close. been February
1: ninety four. He was about ten, ten, eleven months old, this by the time he was starting to tree.
3: And uh I, I, I said, Barry you sell Zeb? and he said, I might see half of him. And we worked out a price, I think maybe 500 if I can remember right, and, and Barry said, I'll, I'll take it. And so I get, dad was gonna meet me, pick me up there at Lawrence's. And uh, we got back to Lawrence's and dad walked in. I said, uh, you pay Barry $500, I bought half of him." He said, no. He said, you bought half of him, you'll have to move in with Kitty. He said, <laughs> 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 he didn't want me to have a pup. Well, if you remember,
1: I I remember that now. It was Super Bowl. It's yeah. February. Yeah. So we went outside. And, and I, turned said, him loose I said, right I'm going to turn Zeb loose. He's 11 months old. We turned him right out from the house. Of course, he went about 300 yards, and he struck, and he left on a deer. And two and a half hours later, I found him at Bethel Springs. It's It's 10 or 11 miles from here somebody
3: and, called me and had him and he had one of them old you remember them old tracking collars what was it the the big one john yeah yeah and and barry would pull that antenna out when we come out of the house <laughs> after he turned him loose we hadn't been we turned him loose and then went back in the house watch the Super Bowl. yeah for a little bit and we come back out <laughs> you couldn't even get a beep on him that's how far he was he was we had to get to driving
1: five it, or six miles before we got a beep yeah on him and he was about nine or ten miles over so, I, I mean, that's I just the way he was, though. I mean, I remember when he wouldn't go a step, you know, Fergie and him laugh. Clay laughs. You know, he... He wouldn't
2: cross water. He, and he'd come in and make a bed bay. Yeah. But when he got to rolling, he was rolling. Now, he used to run a fox around here all the time. And he run that fox so much, and we always claimed he'd done it, because you could see where a dog was treed on it, but he treat a fox out here on the side of the highway, and the fox slipped up there. I don't know if he was tired or just made a mistake, but anyway, he hung his head in a fork, and that fox hanging, You could see him from the road, and he hung there for years. Yeah, just just hanging there. And I know Zell betrayed that red fox, and (laughs) it just was either give out or something, but that dog, I could come in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and me and Barry would carry him hunting over here, and it's daylight, and tree coons. And that night, We'd carry him back hunting, hunt to midnight, and then Clay would come over here at midnight and get him and carry him on hunting again. You know what I mean? He never rested. He was in a dog box, I'd say, three-quarters of his life. It was amazing at the heart he had. Who gets up at 8 o'clock in the morning and hunts a dog? when You know, it's been in a dog box all night and coon hunting all night and then hunt to 10, 11 o'clock in the day. He had a big heart.
4: How old was he when uh, Clay got to be part of him? You had already sold him to Dowdy, didn't you? I sold him
1: yeah. Don Dowdy had come into some money. So uh I sold him to uh Don no. Yeah I think. I, I can't really a hundred percent. I did sell him to to Dowdy and got him back. But I think uh before that I sold him Chuck Mattingly, I think. Hmm. Chuck chuck had bought coma and he called me wanting to buy the best dog he could find out of coma so anyway he, you know he wasn't but about 15 14 13 14 months old and chuck offered me thirty five hundred dollars. i thought man that's i, I can <laughs> buy a coon dog for that and uh so i sold him chuck and then boy i, I looked around i did find a dog uh charles Vanderford. i went partners with him on little creek chopper and i, I really liked him but but I wanted that pup back so bad, I it was just killing me. And I called Chuck every week, and asked him, you know. He said, "Something ever happens, Barry, I'll I'll let you have him back." And Chuck ended up getting bone marrow. Had to have a bone marrow transplant. He had cancer, and he, he called me, said, "Barry, do you want this dog?" He said, "I'm, I'm gonna sell him. Cause I I can't hunt." Hmm. They'd already lost Coma, <clears throat> so uh, anyway, I got him, got him back, and. <laughs> some crazy reason and I sold Dowdy half of him or all of him and then I got him right back and then Clay was wanting part of him and I remember Mike said why are you letting Clay have half that dog I said well (coughs) Clay Young to me to this day is the very best handler in the whole world to me he is the most calmest coolest Uh, he'll strike for a hundred and it'll be plus he'll strike for twenty five and it'll be minus he, he, just the best i ever seen it, that. And then I thought, me and him partners up, we'll, we'll be good. And I hate Clay Young ain't here today to defend himself cause, or talk because he's, he's 100% part of all of this. It, mm-hmm. None of this happened without Clay Young. Uh, and I called him and told him about it. Uh, he said, y'all having that podcast and I ain't even going to have to talk. I said, <laughs> I said I'm going to mention you because I said, you, you're you you big part of this. And I hate that he's not in it.
2: When I asked, when I asked Kitty why he sold half of them, he said, well, half of a hundred better than none.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Half of a truck.
1: Cause I, we was thinking about that truck and then the next month, you know, you had to be top pup. There was only 12 pups went then. It wasn't like it is now. You had to be, you had to win more money than any dog. And I remember the cover of the Pro-Anne said, wipe out in March, uh, and because we had we had won it and got to go to that truck hunt so i didn't have a clue was gonna win it i was just hoping hoping that we would but and it, everything turned out
4: where did uh where did that uh wipeout name come from barry how'd you come up with that
1: wipeout name come from jack duncan when i got candy she uh she was just powerful Oh, uh, she's gonna strike a hundred trail hundred just about all the time now it's gonna be good or bad however that went, but you could bet it's a hundred a hundred every time you win and Jack Duncan would just say, Kitty wiped us out again Kitty, kitty wipe oh candy wiped us out, so I just come up with a somehow that stuck. I named her Wipeout candy, and, you know uh and that that stuck, and then when I bred you know Tacoma. So I guess that's another story, but I was thinking about, uh, you know, I had a lot of dogs on my mind, and Nickens wanted me to bring, to name him Flat Rock, but I just, couldn't, I just couldn't make myself do it.
0: So what made you cross her with, with Coma? Conky's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they are proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days, same as cash, to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com, or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit They'd love to have you. Conky's Outdoors, Houndsman Helping Houndsmen. Well, I was hunting
1: in the hunts. The year that I bred candy, I was third in the nation in open events. Third, Con- third in the state, too. Third in the state, also. So that's how tough it was here. Um, coma was first. Million Dollar Gin Rummy was second. And I was third, but I had a litter of pups also during that time. But... I'd hunted with, I, I narrowed it down to two dogs out of all the dogs I'd hunted with, which I liked Cracker, but I was going to breed to Crockett. You know, Crockett and Coma was my, was my, what I narrowed everything down to. And I'd hunted with Coma so much that I just, I thought that's what I'm going to breed to. So I called Ronnie and, and made it happen And me. And Fergie drove up there and was going to hunt. We got up there a little bit late and, he went ahead and turned him loose. I think we went over and dropped him one time in them bad Murphyboro yeah.
2: hills. Nick in there, ever put his light on him. He, uh, <laughs> he had something to do or something, but he had not obligate himself. Told us he's going to turn him loose for us. And we'd never been hunting with him. And the dog just sinked in the country. And, you know, like a dog's supposed to, he did make a wrong tree. That's the <laughs> only tree he made. And, uh, but anyway we we still bred.
0: In Zeb, did you see more of candy in him or more of coma? And what traits did you see from both, you know, kinda? Of? If you looked at
1: Zeb, you looked at coma. He got coma's appearance. He got a lot of things from coma. I'm I won't say he, he did get a lot of things from coma, but mouth and desire and uh Tracking, I mean, Coma's a good track dog, but Candy was an outstanding track dog, tree dog. Uh, I've I seen more of Candy than I did. Coma in characteristics looks, he looked like Coma. He had them slant eyes and that black on his muzzle, and a big, you know, big dog, just like
3: Coma. Coma was a real intelligent dog. What I observed about him i mean ronnie could get out there with him me and clay went and stayed with him one night we went to the open event hunt and, and and ronnie would get out there and throw a frisbee with that dog and that dog would run a frisbee down and catch it how many hounds you see would do that None that i ever and and <clears throat> Zeb, i feel like had his intelligence with candies like what barry was saying candy to me i've only maybe can count on one hand how many dogs hounds that I thought had equal nose that she had. She could smell. I mean, phenomenal. I I I think Barry can tell. They was at a hunt one night and they had seen a coon cross the road, and maybe he won early. And and when they went back to the club, sat around there a while waiting on the other cast to come back. They was gonna hunt the late round off. He went back to where he seen that coon cross the road, and what what was it? Two hours later. Two hours later. She and, was struck and treed in a minute, and no dog ever barked. <laughs> yeah. So that, that shows you right there the tracking and the nose that she had was. And, and and she had, we'd always talk about her, she had three nights that she was probably going to experience when you cut her loose. She had a night that she would run, stay on the ground, and run, run, run. She didn't think about treeing. And then you might see a night that out of her, she'd tree, ever tree in the woods, and you wouldn't see a coon. The, when the wipeout name come in, she would just invent coons. I mean, it was just so easy and effortless mm-hmm. to her. She'd she would
2: it unbeatable in that.
3: Yeah. She was, she was unbeatable. There and, was no comparison. And she had that tone and ch- how she double located on some trees. Now, she wouldn't do that every tree. She wouldn't locate every tree the same. But when she gave that, oh, ho, 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 it was over. And and she it didn't matter if it was 120 degrees outside. She would tree the same on that tree as it would if it was zero degree i mean she was the same rhythm not not a ex- every breath but just steady oh 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 it's almost like she had a with her chest against the tree mm-hmm. and and i'll tell you something else about her when she it didn't matter when when the sun come up she knew it was over you could always count on her coming out me and barry went to hunt they hunted it off and Perier Paris one up her and we we stayed out all night till I knew daylight come. We was gonna get her, and we finally drove around close back in. You know, he had I wish we'd had garments back in; it would made it a lot easier and simple with the dogs like it hunted like that. But she come, she would always come out when when the sun come up.
2: The thing about Candy you're talking about the nose she had. Me and Barry drove out on cast one night, and this fella had a English dog, and another dog in the cast was trailing. the and they had trailed and trailed and trailed in this same holler and hadn't went nowhere, and Candy had been gone, and uh, she happened to just come back through that area there, and she went right there. She hushed for just a little bit, dropped off in there where those dogs was and struck with them, and just in a matter of minutes, she was treed with the coon, and you know they had been fumbling around in there for an hour, and that was the thing about her. She didn't trail ever track. If she struck it, she was gonna be moving, mm. and you know it was no downtime. She didn't strike a track she couldn't handle. She struck it; she was gonna move it. She's gonna tread, and and she passed that on.
4: You know, on the cast I was on with Ozeb years ago, we had three pretty good dogs out there. I thought and they was kind of wadded up, doing just back and forth. And uh, Ozeb he'd kind of took a little shortcut around there and chased something for a while and. Hey, he showed back up in there in less than a minute. He treated that coon, they had been trailing around there for 20 minutes. And I thought to myself, well, now, ain't that something? Mm-hmm. That was impressive. It really was.
2: Yeah, we well, was at Columbus, Mississippi one night, the Mississippi State hunt, and Billy was down there that night. And Zeb was just young then, when well, he died young, but... <laughs> He was—I don't really remember how old he was. Anyway, Barry was hunting chopper in the state hunt, and he got in the top four. Well, I come in, and uh, Billy said, "If uh, you've won your cast, Barry, wants you to hunt it off?" He said, "Cause he's gone, He's having judges. I think you had the judge state hunt, didn't you?" Uh, maybe uh, I, I was—I I was there. <laughs> I don't remember, but anyway, I went out there and got my boots and stuff on because guy wanted to hunt it off. I was ready to split and uh he said no i've always wanted to hunt with old zeb and then when billy told me that i said well hunt. well when i turn got my boots on come back in he said oh man he said i'm just kidding with you he said i i don't i don't really want to he said we'll just split go home and i said no i'm ready and we turned loose and zeb struck for a hundred there's all got the striking out there zeb went in there probably seven eight hundred yards and i heard him come on a tree and he treed there for maybe 10 15 seconds if that much down he come went trailing on in yonder and moving on and treed had a coon went in there and i cut him off that tree instead of me sending him on away from where way he had been i knew what he had done in there so i just sent him right back the way he come and he went back in there and made about two ground barks and come treed on the tree that he had located on he's going to tree the last coon up and he went back in there. He was two coon. He treed that coon. The hunt was over and their three dogs are still trailing in the same area they in when the hunt started. He was such a special dog. I mean, I've,
3: you, I mean, I've, I saw, this is all I've ever done is hunted and, and, and fool these hounds. And I still think he's got the most ability of any hound I've ever seen. Just, Every way he, if he if he was running a deer, he was running to catch it. If he was treeing coons, he just treated. They they it was just so easy to him. It was just you just had to see it to to believe it.
1: And he he was running a lot of coons that we thought wasn't coons, and then but now he was a swap over artist also. So, uh, you know, you could be sitting at the road, ready to kill him, thinking he's running a deer, and he'd come tree on a coon, just before he get to you. Uh, I've I've done it several times, but hunting him, uh, people just wouldn't believe. It. I mean, we were young, we didn't know no better, I guess, but uh, we would hunt, and that's the truth. Me and Lawrence Pedigree would hunt him in the morning Lawrence always talked about tree coons in daytime well I've carried a lot of dogs since then in daytime and never tree he would trail a coon up in daytime and have it and see it uh, every day every day we had a coon on the outside and we'd usually hunt from by the time I got the workers gone to eight we'd hunt till 11 o'clock something like that 10 or 11 o'clock two or three hours well then I'd go on back to work, and we would. I, I'd go hunting every night. So when it got dark, me and somebody would we'd go hunting. But Clay was when I got Clay in on partners. I was we top. We sort of got off of him. Everett King was hunting. He worked midnights or second shift, so he got off every night about midnight or one o'clock. So Clay would stay home with his wife till then, and him and Everett would hunt. They'd hunt to the daylight. So I mean there's a lot of times that Zeb got hunted I guess eighteen hours in a day uh you're talking about morning and then all night long and that happened night after night after night he he never quit he never had no power when you opened that dog box up he was coming out never stiff and athletic I mean the people just won't believe Billy talks about him as a pup, but when they were little pups, nickens won a pro hunt over here and I I was guiding it and we stopped back by. He said, I don't see your pups. And I had them, I just turned them out and they're athletic wise. There was no comparison. He looked like a thoroughbred amongst the rest of the litter or amongst anything. He could stand flat footed and jump in a four foot tailgate and you never hear him hit. Moose could do the same thing. Um, It's just, he could run. I, I would run him on four wheeler and the rest of the pups would just be just uh, just getting it just flying at pads would tear off their feet and he'd be just like he was in just a slow gallop, just just uh just as easy like a third. Brain. Uh from the top of his back to the bottom of his chest. He wasn't thick. He was just he was just yeah. deep. He was deep from uh, I don't know, he probably had 12 or 13 inches from the bottom of his chest to the top of it. Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. Or Do you have
0: anything else to add for, on Zab?
4: Well, you know, I just I enjoyed some hunts with him. Me and Billy was talking last week. I didn't even know Billy was the youngster on the cast.
3: Uh, I was just spectating out uh, there. In, in te- Texas. In Texas. And, and uh, had a hunt. Uh, per- was
1: was a you on the pro runoff when I won it in start pro championship? <laughs> What well, Tam was on the cast. I was judging. You was judging, huh?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, that was a good story, too. But we'll get back over on Billy. I didn't I didn't realize at that time uh, that was Billy, but we was talking
3: we about We all went. I remember that year. It was, in, I think, 96. Oh. I think it was 96 it was the year I graduated. And we drove to, uh, is it Personville or Pe- Pearson? Personville, Texas. Yeah. That's, that's right there at the home of Cleve and Jimmy Ferguson. Uh, we went down probably a few nights early before the hunt and pleasure hunted. And uh, I know me and Clay went hog hunting one day with Cleve. But anyway, uh, getting back to the story with Zeb, um, I remember drawing you. I was, I was just went along. I got beat Friday night, and this was in a semis, top 16. And Eddie was in with a dog called Magnum. Mm-hmm. Dave Scott, I can't remember. He was either hunting something out of Maverick, I think, or MacGyver. Didn't he have a dog come? Yeah, Lost Mountain MacGyver, but it was—I don't think it was him. It was maybe something off of him. Um, And then Guy, Mister Guy Manning, was hunting maybe J.R. One of them he had. And um, I remember we—I was going out there. Cleve had guided, and Clay was handling. Like Barry said, Clay was as calm and cool out there on a cast as anybody. And he knew how to hunt Zell because most times Zell would go out there and tree the very first coon out of the truck, but he most time wouldn't stay on him. And I remember right now, just right out of the truck, Clay was struck for a hundred. And a minute, maybe or two out there, he just come treed. Clay didn't say nothing. Zell treed there a little bit and then he was gone. Magnum, I think, got in there. And I can't remember what you was struck for, Eddie, but I remember you got, you was leading the cast coming off that coon. you. He Magnum stayed. You you took a hundred. I can't remember if Guy and D- Dave even got any of it, but um, I remember we come off. Of
4: I look that. good out the gate. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming off that tree, and he, and I seen this dog do it so many times. They would have a coon treed. By the time you walk in there and score that coon and come off, he'd be sitting somewhere in that country. Usually by then, treed or fixing to get treed with one. And and that and that night, I remember he was already treed and uh, Clay treated him in there then, and we walked in there, so Clay ended up with 200 on that one, and then I think Guy's dog might have gotten the ground, and anyway, he he ended up withdrawing, and Dave ended up withdrawing, so it left you and Clay Mm -hmm. for the rest of the cast, and I remember this old Zeb striking tracks and working them through there and getting treed, and whoever was judging that night put the stationery on Clay, and... By that time, Magnum would get to open them about where Zeb had struck at, and venture on in there towards him, and, and 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 back him, and Clay just would tree just whatever he needed to tree at, just to stay ahead.
4: He dominated.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> so at the end of the cast, I, I got I told Clay I said well, Eddie would have quit if you'd have, if you'd have treated him a little quicker on some of the others, you'd have got it over and with. Because Clay, already Yeah, the re- reason they talk about
1: Zeb leaving all these tree because he hated to hunt he he actually hated all those dogs and all those people if you was just with zeb with a rifle it, that's that's when he showed i mean you treat five singles every night just in a little bit and be back home well uh, and it'd be through the world he
3: hated it absolutely I'll tell him some of the stories about y'all used to show him a gun yeah
1: we we well, we'd, we'd get to the hunt and we'd pull a gun out you know, and we'd show him the gun, let him smell the gun. Just thought, <laughs> boy, he, he, thinks we're going, he thinks we're going to kill him, kill him. And we hunted out of a boat a lot. So we drew a time or two at um, people that would be hunting out of a boat. Oh, he'd have 800 plus if you hunted out of a boat it, it just he'd invent coons he
2: thought it was gonna kill him <laughs> he he hated it he, he treed a coon for the coon that dog treed because of the coon he didn't tree because he liked to tree yeah he, he treed because, because of the coon, it a coon there because he had to because the coon climbed you
1: know and everybody would always say well he's running junk you know or running junk and my old buddy over here old friend he said uh I don't know what Zeb is running, but whatever he's running runs right at a coon, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And and he would he he and if he barked, I mean they say Bible all that he, he didn't have no Bible in him. He he'd be after something with blood in it. That's all I can tell you. It it might not be a coon, but he he was after something with blood in it. And and I had more confidence in him of of tree and a coon when he opened on it uh and and having that coon when I got into that tree uh you know was anything I ever hunted.
0: hey y'all, this is Tyler, your host Coon Hunting university. I'm here to talk to you about extreme dog field whether you're looking for a thirty twenty 24, twenty four twenty twenty six eighteen. Or a 2212. They have any type of food that us coon hunters need. I'd like to issue a thank you to them for making Coon Hunting University podcast possible. So go to extremedogfuel.com and find a retailer near you and give them a try. I love it. I've been blown away. I swapped to the 3020 and I honestly hadn't looked back. I mean, I love it. I really do. And I encourage everyone to go over there to extremedogfuel.com, check them out, find a retailer near you, read all about it. You'll see why I swap to extreme dog fuel.
2: I know me and Barry was hunting one night. had him and Chopper, and they treated a coon. We was on the edge of a big creek. We shot the coon out, and it fell in the creek there and sunk. Well, we was trying to get him down in the creek, which we didn't see Zeb. And Chopper was off in there hunting the coon, and uh, he finally got the coon. Well, I got down in there, and we got the coon back up there on the bank, and I said, where's Zeb? And Barry said, I don't know. I ain't seen him." And uh, we got that coon away from Chopper, and we're standing there listening you could barely hear zeb done treat again i mean it's all you could do to hear him and all we had just shot this coon out and it just fell in a creek and we would just got it out and that dog was sitting probably six seven tenths of a mile with another coon tree that's how simple it was to him
1: it, it was so simple for him tree a coon that's that's why he didn't care to leave he, he'd leave because the dog he he didn't want the dog uh he didn't really want them dogs in there on him, treeing with him. Uh, you know, I, we hunted him in too many hunts. That caused a lot of that. We hunted him in a bunch. You know, we could done a lot of things different with him if we'd have had it to done. He still won fifty eight thousand dollars, and and he was within four hundred dollars of being all time money winner when he died. And the night he died, Clay had just they just left that pro hunt that Billy was talking about, and he just won that that pro event and then we went to black and tan days uh at Sullivan alabama clay was going to hunt misty so i thought well i'll go down on friday night i'll hunt an open event he said well just come down there and then he said uh you can leave zeb i'm gonna spend the night so we had noticed zeb was only three years old i mean you know we had him tested and i mean checked and whatever for always give him heartworm medicine anything else he was a little bit of a finicky eater you had to keep him something good to eat all the time he he wasn't like the dog i got now you can lay it you can put the bucket down and reach and get it in 30 seconds he he wasn't that way he's more of a finicky eater but so we went hunting in that cast that night and i i had 200 on a coon now now, one thing I'm going to go back to is I think in that cast where they went to Texas, I think early round, I don't think Zeb did anything. The late, the late round, he ended up getting in. It, we got to noticing that when we would first travel him for a little while, it, we just thought he was hunt burnt. But he died from a disease. I can't think of his long name, but it's, it's actually lung flukes. Now, lung flukes starts in a snail. The snail has to be eaten by a crawfish or a freshwater crab. The dog has to eat the crawfish or the crab. That's the only way you
2: can get lung flukes. Or the coon is eat that crab that, you know, when you shoot it out and it gets gutted or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that. that'd be the only only way you can get it.
1: So, I had no clue he had lung flukes or had anything wrong with him. But the night, I hunted, I had 200 on a coon. Um, I, I don't remember if I won the cast or not, but I do remember the pickup, the man that was riding, I rode with him out there and the pickup tailgate was four foot or better off of the ground. He had to pick his dog up and put it in there and Zeb just hopped up there just like it was a, he was still just three years old and hopped up in there like it wasn't anything. So I just put him in my truck when i got back to the club and i was waiting on clay to get back because i was going to give him zeb to hunt and i i think clay won uh yeah he won in the black and tan early so he's going to go back out late he said well get zeb and put him in my dog box so i walked out to the truck i i had opened that dog box <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times he come out like a bullet when you open the dog box. I didn't really like it, but that's what he did. He didn't move. He didn't make a sound. I reached in there, and he was as warm as as he could be, but he didn't move. So I pulled him out of the dog box, and some man come by and said, "What, what, is that Zeb? I said, yeah. I said, he ain't breathing. I said, can you get Clay? And next thing I know, there's 100 people out there at that uh out there around that dog as people got down and they blowed in his nose and uh, he was just he was dead he was gone right there in that dog box the place that he hated was a dog box but he was he was in it when he died and uh you know we were within 400 dollars of all-time money winner and you know everything was going on and you know tam sort of makes a little speech there he we didn't know what happened but you know tam just says i hope this dog has died natural and i don't ever find out anything different but you know we you didn't know i mean what you hate to think anything would happen but but we didn't know so uh i i called mike clay had to stay and hunt in that hunt and then and i I come home and I told, uh, I called a vet and told him on an autopsy run. And so I met Mike and Clay showed up. And I remember when they stuck that knife to him for that autopsy, Mike, he he tore up like a, like a baby. He could not stand it. But I watched every piece of him cut open of his liver, his every, you know. Uh, stomach everything We, I just wanted to know what happened to the dog and they sent to the University of Tennessee come back that he died of lung flukes uh, and they, he had lesions cut in his lungs he had eggs you know it was the second case the University of Tennessee had ever saw it's more common on the coast where there's I guess crawfish, uh, snails slugs uh, he was not common here. I, I would have had no idea how to treat him. Uh, Tim Kramer's had one since then. He just treated it with normal, normal worming for about three or four weeks of uh, some kind of wormer. But uh, we had no clue that that was going to happen. And it was just like a complete life change for me. Just instantly, he—I can still show you where he's buried at right now, where uh, where he was at. It was just. It was just went from daylight to dark. He only had sixty pups, or sixty one at that time, and and it was just over.
0: Did you ever think it sounds like Billy Diggs, he said the light was shining on him when he was a puppy, but did you ever think that that cross would have as near as much impact? Or has there even ever been a dog that you can think of that had close to the impact that only had sixty something puppies?
1: No, uh to me Zeb was better than his mother and his daddy both. He got the best out of both of them. Now, mm-hmm. most crosses don't happen that way. Most time, you'll get a screwed up mouth out of one of them or you get looks out of another. But for somehow or another, he turned out to me, my opinion, better than his mother and his daddy. His daddy was a great dog. I'm not taking anything Ronnie Nickens Coma. He was great. But just my opinion, for me, uh, I had no clue. I bred the best female that I'd ever had to the best dog that I could find. That was Coma. I liked him better than any dog I'd hunted with, and I hunted every hunt there was for, for years there. So, that's that's what I wanted, and and that's what turned out out of it. Now the whole litter didn't. I mean, they'd all run in tree, but the whole litter didn't turn out that way. And then, and the only reason Moose was born, Moose is his oldest pup. Wipe out Zach, Fergie. Uh, we just come in from hunting one night. or coming in, and Fergie said something about Polly being in heat. And uh, we we bred her. You know, uh, she's a three-legged little female, good little old dog, because she got a snare, and she's still a good dog after she lost a leg. But, uh, you know, who knew that Moose was going to be, you know, uh, he was, you know, Fergie's worked for me for 31 years. He he just, we thought we'd breed Zeb uh, to Polly. Uh, Mark Sullivan's worked for me for years. He he just called the next litter. He said, "You know, I got old fat lady. I think was her name." Over, here. He, oh, said, wanna, he said, "I want to." He said, "Would you breed Zeb?" And I said, "Yeah, I didn't think nothing about it." And it, that turned out to be wipe out coy. Uh, you know, Zeb had a litter. of, uh, Well, actually, uh, Doug Compton had Backwater Pearl. She was out of a she was out of Zeb and a. And a, and a female that uh, I bred over in Arkansas. I think her name was Bonnie, but I, I'm not a pension. But, you know, Doug, just about everything he had was out of Backwater Pearl, and she she was out of Ozeb. So uh, nearly everybody out of them 60 pups had a lifetime dog. It was unbelievable to carry them young dogs at, at a certain age. Uh, Roy will come down there and hunted and, and – said uh we're changing the breeder stakes he said we're gonna go to hunting one-year-olds against one-year-olds two-year-olds against two-year-olds you know pups can't compete and we carried moose and koi <laughs> they was about 12 and 13 months old and he said uh i don't know if we need to change that or not he said i, I
2: never seen anything now roy's on no banker that was a moose trade the first thing he ever trade that night Coy <laughs> tree about three yeah Uh koi would compete
1: but uh, no i didn't know what i was doing tyler i just all i knew was to breed the best to the best now i've heard other people say that don't work and i know it don't work you know every my, time. no M- michael jordan's got brothers and sisters okay so they ain't michael jordan uh zeb had brothers and sisters they they wouldn't wipe out zeb he, he come out looking like a Michael Jordan, athletic, uh, just you just couldn't believe it. And, and he got his smarts like Nikki was, Billy was saying about from Nickens because people would come down there to see him because we were winning everything. And they'd come to see him or come to breed. You had to keep a snap on his pen or he would open it with his nose. So I would ease mm-hmm. in and I'd take that snap off without him hearing me. So then... When the people come up, we had a pen just like I got, a dog kennel just like I got, and we'd be standing out. We'd walk back outside, and they'd say, "I'd say, Zeb, come here." So he'd just run over to his pen, open, take his nose, open the pen up, and come outside. They'd say, "How do you keep him in?" I said, <laughs> "I said, well, I didn't tell him to get out. That's the only time I told him. To get out. I didn't tell him I had a snout." <laughs> so then I'd say, uh, "I'd say, Zeb, get get in the truck." He'd run over and he'd jump in tailgate. I said, no, not that truck. Zeb Jumping in that other truck. He'd just jump out. He'd get in the other truck. I said, Zeb, we may go in the boat. Run over and get in the boat. He'd run over and he'd jump up in the boat. And when you let him out, he never used a bathroom in the pen. When you let him out, he went straight to the woods and he used a bathroom, both of them, one and two. And then he'd come and he got in the truck. He didn't use a bathroom because we hunted him every night. So he knew he had his routine. He went straight to the woods when you let him out. Let him he'd, he'd empty out, he'd come right straight back, just flying um you know intelligence wasn't any you know, I guess he was smarter than we was when we'd get the gun out at the hunt, showing it to him uh I he'd take look like a sight are they showing this dog about to shoot him we if he don't do that we have at a at a local hunt you know we we'd actually shoot uh. <laughs> so anything to try to keep him thinking we were going pleasure hunting because you couldn't beat him pleasure hunt
2: you're talking about the smartness of those dogs we was at Washington, indiana one night at walker days and nickens he never tied coma whenever he let coma out of the dog box at a hunt to use the bathroom or whatever he never put a lead on him me and kitty walked over to the truck and uh I think Barry or somebody said something to Ronnie and said, Coma's over yonder at that McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, he was across four lanes of traffic over there. And Nick, and just, instead of getting in the truck, driving over to get him, he just hollers, Coma. And they said, Ronnie, you going to get him run over? He said, yeah, they not going to run over him. And he come across all four lanes of that traffic right straight to that dog box, plumb up on the dog box, and never missed a lick.
1: And, yeah, the, we was at the rules meeting. We used to have a rules meeting at Roar, and we stayed in them little old Kentucky lodge cabins. So he had he turned Coma out, and me and Clay was down there, and and he got way off down there where we was at, and I I got Coma by the collar. He's right there on top of me anyway. I got by the collar and I held him, and Nickens come out of that room and he's Coma, boy, and he jerked me just like he's wanting to go, and I I, I had a hold of it, Coma. And I, boy, he was wanting to jerk loose. He's wanting to get up there to where Nickens was, and I, I was holding. Him. Clay said, "You better turn him loose. He's gonna beat the dog out of him when he gets up <laughs> there for not listening." And, but he turned him in the clubhouse, and Zeb, you could do him the same way. You put him right in, the, turn him loose. They both of them would be on top of the top of the tables. Uh, never feet would never quit moving on Coma or Zeb. You didn't see him stand.
2: They 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 moved them feet at at all times, and they passed that on. I meant Moosewood, <laughs> Snugwood, Moosey's sister, and,
4: and and just the thing about Coma now, Barry uh, and Ferg's gonna have to help me here, which Billy may. I want to say Nickens won the nation what twice with Coma, maybe three times. Three, I think.
3: Was, three times. I think he won it as a year old, two year old, and three year old. Because I don't think Coma was too old when Ronnie got rid of him. Five. Yeah. And he had already, you know, uh, I, I'm think I'm saying this right. I know he led state. I know he won the state three years in a row. Uh, Dummy about won it the, the last '93 the year. She was actually leading because they used to have Big Addy Purse Hunt started in Harden, or no in Smithland, I think. And 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 Bill had went down there, at Goodrum, and and won two nights and and jumped off to a big lead in the state. And because it was that whole year, Candy wasn't even really in the picture. Um, Dummy was way ahead. Ronnie was steadily going. Coma was catching. And one of those months that Clay had come in from a boat and he took her to all these hunts around. We had several clubs right here in a a 50-mile radius that we could go to. He just went to winning everywhere, oh he went to
1: hunting them off. He's winning six thirty eight yeah and they yeah. and, and and she went four dogs at a <laughs>
3: and she went from nothing to this boom and sh- showed up right behind them and uh so it was kind of a race there that whole year, and it was exciting because they was even right up to the last at the world hunt, that was the very last open event hunt of the year every year, and that thing was big at that year, and they was a lot more money bet on that race, they was, I remember Wilbur and Kelly and a, and a bunch of guys, they they had lots of side bets. Who's going to win? The Calcutta. dummy. Oh, yeah. And Coma pulled it off at the at that one of them open event hunts at, at the World Hunt because he passed her at that very last one, I think. And that's how close it became at that year. But here's the thing of, of that year. Barry had already bred candy to him. Uh, Bill had bred after candy maybe a year after uh, barry had bred candy to him bill bred dummy to him and uh, then was the two top females bred to the top dog well that started you know one started the wipeout line and the other one started the million dollar line bill always called all them dogs he had a dummy million dollar and that's where elmo come i had one called jewel uh, we had one called Casino Girl. That, that that was another line that started right there out of Coma. Wild Card. Wild Card. And they was different style dogs. They, Dummy put a little more. To me, she was like a little yard dog, had a little choppy mouth. And she was she was special in her own way. She could tree a lot of kind of coons. But, you know, she was, uh, They like I say, it, it was something to see in them days, just see what we've. Experienced, I guess. And me looking back in all these years and how blessed we was to see Zeb and, and all these dogs that come out of coma then they was, I can name several that come out of coma that it was phenomenal dogs back in, uh, that, that, uh, flat rock gas,
2: Koshima, D-
3: Koshima, uh, flat rock cuz Jerry Frazier had him. All of them dogs was, was special. I mean, they was, you know, like i say we was just lucky and blessed to see all of it um but you know what zeb has carried on to, to you know come up with moose and Coy and and what they carried on him and mainly moose i mean uh, moose got and fergie can tell you um what he done is phenomenal and, and you know that's another whole story we could sit here and talk all night about time it, oh yeah about, <laughs> about his accomplishments uh, but, ain't nobody
0: in
4: no hurry
3: here
0: Yeah. We're gonna move on to coy because those were the next two that were kind of big name coy and moose.
3: I was gonna say this while ago. The I remember this because I was standing a lot up here a lot with Barry and Clay, and I think I was actually the night after or the weeks after Sel died. I was at Clay's house, and they called Mark had had bred Fat Lady to Zeb and, and had Coy and, and that was the first dog that they bought, first pup out of Zeb that they had bought after Zeb died. And where they come up with a name, Coy, it was Kitty Owens and Young, K-O-Y. Isn't that something? Yeah. Something. And and he was, you talking about a phenomenal hound when he was a pup. He had probably, I've hunted with a lot of loud mouth dogs. I don't know if I've ever hunted one that had the mouth he had. I mean, he could vibrate. If you heard, if you turned him loose when he was, I'm mean, I'm saying under a year old, and you turned him loose and, and got back in the truck. Say on a cold night, he would almost vibrate the glass. You didn't have to have the windows down. When he barked, you knew it was him. I mean, he had some kind of mouth. Me and Barry hunted him on a boat several times down there, and you talking about hearing him? Oh, all, all, he he echoed all over the lake down there, but uh, and c- could move a track like. Like his daddy, you know, I mean, Zale passed and them, them tracking traits, the the nose, I guess, come from candy and all them. It just kept going. And even today you can, I, I, I was in Texas and, and um, I think it was Waylon Pierce's little dog give old a double chop come treat just like candy did. And she's, she's got just a little trace of wipe out in her on, on her, on her top side but it, it, it's amazing even to today you can hear candy in, the, in these dogs This that that tone that locate it, it's amazing how far it's carried down the line
0: i really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as i did if you like what you heard here go on over to facebook give us a like at coon hunting you also go to apple podcast leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.